20-Minute Morning Show is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. I am running for president of the United States. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and I'm very excited about it. And sister, you went to Howard and married a white man, so <laughs> I have questions. It's the 20-Minute Morning Show for Friday, July 5th. What's up, y'all? This is BJ Murphy. Welcome to another episode of the 20 Minute Morning Show. And the question that my sister had with Kamala Harris being married to a white man, that'll be in our next episode of the 20 Minute Morning Show. A lot of people are talking about that fact. So let's see if that's going to be an issue for black America once they really start ushering her husband out. But we wanted to tackle this episode about her prosecution record on Democracy Now!, the other day, I saw some fascinating information from a local reporter and professor who has chronicled her prosecution style tactics when it comes to black people and the poor in California. So we want to get into it. What was Kamala Harris prosecution style like? So we are putting parents on notice. If you fail to take responsibility for your kids, we are going to make sure that you face the full force and consequences of the law. Laura Bazelon says the real story about Kamala Harris's prosecution record in California is not being told. Well, I mean, that to me has been what's been frustrating, is that I don't find her responses to be responsive to the questions that she's being asked, and I don't feel oftentimes that she's being asked the hard questions. So as the former attorney general of California, did she work to uphold wrongful convictions? Did Kamala Harris reject criminal justice reform when she was prodded by some of her progressive friends in California? What should we be concerned with? Two things happened in her tenure as DA that I think are worth mentioning. One is that there was a big crime lab scandal whereby there was a lab technician who was using the drugs rather than testing them. And as a result, many, many convictions became tainted. And it turned out that her office had known for months, top attorneys had, and had not disclosed that information to the defense. And when a judge found out, she became quite incensed and wrote an opinion castigating Harris for allowing this to happen. Harris's reaction to that was to try to get the judge disqualified by saying that she had a conflict of interest because her husband was a defense lawyer that failed and 600 cases were thrown out. The second piece of her tenure that I think is important that not a lot of people know about is a case involving a man named Jamal Trulove. That case was tried by Linda Allen, who was one of Harris's deputies. And the case against Trulove turned against a single eyewitness, turned on one eyewitness. It was a one eyewitness identification case. He was convicted and sentenced to 50 years to life. And the Court of Appeals threw out that conviction, castigating what Allen had done as gross and egregious prosecutorial misconduct. They said that her closing argument was a yarn made out of whole cloth. Recently, True Love sued the city of, Cal- of California, excuse me, the city of San Francisco and won a $13.1 million judgment. Here's a clip from Senator Kamala Harris when she was on Face the Nation recently. She talked about her record as attorney general in California and some of her accomplishments. You take your prosecutorial record against the push in your party for criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of concern among especially more liberal and younger mm-hmm. parts of the party. You may not be the best person to do that, given that you are implementing those tough on crime initiatives as a prosecutor. Can they trust you to do that? Well, here's the thing. When I became 
a prosecutor and when I was elected district attorney and also attorney general of California, I implemented some of the most significant reforms to date. So you can hear her struggling to come up with a list. Like I said, I, I created one of the first reentry initiatives that became a model. It was designated as a model in the United States for what law enforcement should do to be, as I call it, smart on crime. I was the first in the nation leading the State Department of Justice in California, which by the way is the second largest Department of Justice in the United States, to require my agents to wear body cameras. But did she really stand with public opinion about body-worn cameras? She was asked by the California State Legislature to support a bill to mandate all police officers wearing body-worn cameras, and she declined to do that. I created, as Attorney General, the first in the nation implicit bias and procedural justice training for law enforcement, knowing that that had to be addressed, which is the implicit bias that exists in law enforcement and the potentially lethal outcomes that occur from that. So the concerns are overblown? The concerns are overblown. What was Kamala Harris's stance on officer-involved shootings? She was called upon by the legislature to do that, and once again, she declined. And then when you go down the list of the issues that we think about when we think about a progressive prosecutor, on every single one of those issues, she was on the wrong side. Man, there's no doubt about it. Miss Kamala Harris is charismatic. She is smart. She's powerful. She's beautiful. She's got all the attributes that you would want a candidate to have to get behind them full force. But when I first found out some information about her as her star is continuing to rise was her record on truancy in California and putting parents in jail. We want to know more about that. So what ended up happening was that, and this actually took effect after she left and became attorney general, prosecutors then had the power under this law to prosecute parents for a misdemeanor for being essentially responsible for their children missing numerous days of school. The idea being that they would be scared into making sure that their kids actually did attend school and some parents were in fact prosecuted. And the pushback about this, I think was on two fronts. One, it disproportionately impacted communities of color and parents of color who were basically more often targeted by this law than people who were white. And two, this idea that removing a parent from the home or subjecting them to criminal prosecution would be a a tool to really sort of re-knit a family, which I think is, is very questionable. There are a lot of things going on when there are truant children, including poverty, drug use, different issues with kids, and it's just not clear to many people who work in the juvenile space that the right answer to that is to criminalize the parent's conduct. So what was the message that Kamala Harris gave to those parents? Some of them hardworking, some of them working two to three jobs to try to support the family and have no bearing of what their children are doing outside of their absence. But of course, there are some parents that need to be taught a lesson about being responsible for their children. But what did Ms. Harris say to them? If you fail to take responsibility for your kids, we are going to make sure that you face the full force and consequences of the law. But don't get it twisted. Kamala Harris does have strong support from the black community, in particular black women. She's very commanding. I think that that's important for little girls that look like her and look like me to see that on the big stage. I like the fact that she's an independent thinker and that she's a strong woman and she's touching on those things that as a black woman I need to hear. I like the fact that she wants to stand up for African-American rights. She wants to make sure that I get the same pay as a white woman, as a white man. 
For more news for and about people of color, go to our website, uinews.net. That's uinews.net. Next episode of the 20 Minute Morning Show, we're going to dive into the controversy. Well, some would say it's controversy about Kamala Harris and her white husband. If you have an issue with that, you need to work that out in therapy and not at the ballot box. We're going to talk about that coming up with our panel on the next 20-minute morning show. Now, let's check in with AKUIN News. This is UIN, Urban Internet News, sponsored by Maintenance Heroes, your one-stop shop for all your maintenance needs. Here are a few things happening in the news. A district attorney in Alabama has dropped all the charges against Marche Jones, who was charged with manslaughter after she was shot during an altercation, causing her fetus to die. Jones was the person who instigated the fight in which her newborn child was shot and killed. Instead of celebrating Thomas Jefferson's birthday as an official city holiday, Charlottesville, Virginia will hold a day of recognition and remembrance for the emancipation of enslaved black people. The city council voted in a four-to-one vote to scrap the city holiday celebrating Jefferson's birthday every year on April 13th. The new Freedom and Liberation Day will replace Jefferson's birthday as a city holiday. It'll be celebrated every year on March 3rd, the day slaves were officially emancipated in Charlottesville at the end of the Civil War in 1865. The decision to declare a new holiday passed in a separate unanimous vote. The Supreme Court has blocked the Trump administration from adding a citizenship question to the 2020 census, giving a partial victory to states and civil rights groups who said the question would jeopardize what is perhaps the most crucial information the U.S. government collects. A U.S. district judge had already ruled the Trump administration had violated the Administrative Procedure Act and thus could not add the question. The ruling would still allow for a question in future years, but just not on the 2020 census. You've been listening to UIN, Urban Internet News, brought to you by Maintenance Heroes. They're looking to hire maintenance workers from groundskeepers to maintenance techs to maintenance supervisors. For an immediate interview, tell them UIN sent you. Whether you're looking for part-time or full-time, it's Maintenance Heroes. Call them at 704-391-7444. That's 704-391-7444. And don't forget to tell them UIN sent you. For more news and information for and about people of color, visit the Urban Internet News website at uinews.net. Thank you for listening to the 20 Minute Morning Show, a podcast production brought to you by Inside Urban Media, written and produced by BJ Murphy from our Charlotte, North Carolina studios. Please subscribe to the show and you'll be alerted when our daily episodes are published weekday mornings at 6 a.m. Our daily contributors are Sean Sunday, AK from the UIN Uncut News Team. And for more news about and for people of color, go to our website, uinews.net. And we'll see you on the next episode of the 20 Minute Morning Show, wherever podcasts are played. Minute Morning Show is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.